Hey, welcome back, friends. We're on the final part of a three-part exploration of Psalm 46. Um, We're looking at this psalm as a guide for prayer, uh, as a way to fashion our spiritual response to this disruptive event of the coronavirus. And, um, And we've been talking about how God is our refuge and strength and one of the one of the strange severe mercies and gifts of a time like this is it can show us what we're actually placing our trust in. And then we talked about how we're invited to remember the city of God and to remember the fact that those of us that are uh, surrendered to Jesus as our king are actually citizens of heaven. And that frees us up to be a non-anxious presence on the earth and to love and care for our, uh, our friends and our neighbors here. Um, the final invitation uh, that I want to share uh, from the psalm is that we can remember that God is at work even in the desolation. And we can remember that God is going to reveal His glory through this. And so let me read the scripture to us. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. And so I want to talk about this final part of the, of the psalm. Come behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And the invitation for us is to remember that God is at work, even in the desolation, right? I mean, come see the the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. This is not to say that God uh, caused the coronavirus or intended the coronavirus in his perfect will to, to harm us, but it is to say that God is in control. God is a sovereign God. And while God, I don't believe, created the virus and never intended viruses, it's part of the fall, it's part of the brokenness of a broken world, um, God is able to use even desolation and crises to glorify himself. You know, revivals, renewal, awakening, Spiritual awakening often, in fact, almost always follow on the heels of crises. 
The Benedictine movement uh, followed the sack of Rome in, in Italy. The Franciscan revival in Italy followed the Dark Ages. The, uh, the, the conversion and evangelization of the American South followed the Civil War. The Korean Pentecost followed an invasion of the Japanese. The Azusa Street Revival in 1906 followed the San Francisco earthquake. The mid-century revivals in this, in this uh, last century followed World War II. Revivals often follow on the heels of crisis. And it would make sense from, a, from a, just a practical standpoint is that oftentimes the only thing that can bring about fundamental revolutionary change in the way that society is ordered or, or people's awareness of their need for God is a crisis. A lot of times it's only like when we hit rock bottom, as they say in the uh, 12-step community, that we're ready for a spiritual awakening or a conversion. And so, revivals, God can use even desolation to bring incredible beauty. You know, my, um, my father-in-law has long had a sense that God is going to use a cataclysmic event to bring revival to this country and has had images in prayer of tornadoes coming from the West and tearing everything up and and then, but then in the, the wake of them leaving behind things that are green, as similar images people have had of tsunamis coming from the ocean that wash over and disrupt everything for a time and yet bring beauty on the other side. And so, if we are ready as God's people to be used, God can use this disruptive period to bring renewal. And I believe God wants us to be ready to partner with them in this crisis. With the right leadership in a time of crisis, a nation can turn back to God. Every generation has an opportunity to turn back to God. You know, in the, in the book of Joel, the prophet talks about this, this uh, locust, swarm of locusts that's going to come on the country and eat all the livestock, uh, eat all the plants and kill all the livestock. And, um, Joel, Joel's call is to call a day of fasting and prayer and turn to the Lord and repent and ask God instead of sending desolation to leave behind a blessing. You know, during the Civil War, on three different occasions, President Lincoln called for a national day of prayer and fasting. Now, I'm not saying anything about whether we need to do that. I think it would be a great idea. But if we can turn to God Starting with God's people, if we take advantage of this as a moment for us to turn to God, turn to God with all your heart, Joel says, even now, if we can focus our attention and be fully repentant and turn to God, then God can use us in the aftermath of this crisis to bring renewal. We are citizens of heaven. We talked about that last time. That means we're free to love in a time of crisis. Now, obviously, we could use wisdom. And this is not to say gather in large meanings, but it doesn't mean that we can't scatter to care for the sick. We can deliver Advil or Lysol or toilet paper to neighbors if they're in quarantine. My, um, my, my father and mother-in-law, uh, before the, the uh, coronavirus really got going, gathered their neighborhood together 
Um, and um, they, they met on the front lawn, space 10 feet apart. But the question was, how will Berwick Street respond when this thing gets going? How can we help and serve each other? In case you don't know, Sanctuary actually has a website. If you go to sanctuaryri.org uh, backslash corona, um, we have a, a, a kind of a cool page up there that, that has an opportunity to click on one button if you need help and click on the other button if you're available to help. And um, already there's all kinds of people that have clicked to say, you know what, we're ready to help when help is needed. It's almost like uh, an Uber uh, for the coronavirus that we've set up. But we have the opportunity to be used by God in a season like this. We can bump up our prayer game. We can look for opportunities to serve one another or our neighbors in need. How can we support each other in a quarantine? How can we be aware of the needs of the least of these? You know, during the plagues in Rome in the first several centuries of the church, uh, everybody else left town. The, the, the political leaders left town. Everyone who had a villa in the mountains left Rome. The only people that stayed behind were the Christians because they weren't afraid to die. They responded without fear. They buried the dead. They brought water to the sick. And God used that. God used that powerfully. And it's one of the reasons that in the first three centuries of the church, as Rodney Stark notes in, uh, in one of his histories, um, the church grew exponentially, moving from being a, a small group of 120 to being um, a third of the Roman Empire, 20 million strong. And so this may feel like a moment of incredible desolation, of, of, of everything stopping and being disruptive, but know that God can be at work. God is actually able to do more in a season like this than he could as things are going normally. Um, we haven't been able to meet uh, together down at Hayes Street for church, um, but we videotaped our church service and Last week, there were 1,500 independent views. And so, people in this moment are incredibly open, and we need spiritual care, nurturing, hope, healing, love. And it may not be a personal touch, but there's so many ways for us to connect with one another. God can be at work in a moment of desolation. And ultimately, the psalm ends with the voice of God himself saying, Be still and know that I am God. Be, I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Our God is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so, as we respond to this season of unprecedented disruption, a couple of invitations. One, if you are a follower of Jesus, are you aware of how God might want to use you in this season? Revival can follow on the heels of, of crisis and disruption if we're ready, if we're available. And I believe that now is the time for us to get ready. And we start by getting our hearts ready, spiritually get ready. And I believe that now is a time for us to detach ourselves from 
the other things that we are trusting in, the other things that we're addicted to, (laughs) in the words of the Old Testament, are idols. How do we let go of these things to be fully available to be loved by God? My heart for the church is that, as in the Song of Solomon, who is this coming up out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved? This is a wilderness season for us, but will we allow God to let it be a season where our love relationship with Him is renewed, where our trust is only in Him? And then will we be, make ourselves available in this season to ask, God, how can we love one another? How can we love those in need around us? How can we be available to meet practical needs around us in this time? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you have not believed in God or had a relationship with God, you know, it's kind of an amazing thing that you're listening to this podcast. I I actually think God is actually calling to you right now. The fact that you're listening to this means that God is at work in your heart, drawing you. And his word to you is to be still and know that I am God. That's what he's saying. Now is a time for you to let go and to put your trust in God. And if you want to begin a relationship with God, all you have to do is ask him. Jesus has died on the cross to forgive all of our sin. And he rose from the dead and his longing more than anything is to have a personal relationship with every single human being that he's created, including you, including me. And so all we have to do is to ask him, Lord, I believe that you are God and I want you to come into my life as my leader, as my forgiver, as my rescuer. I surrender all that I know of myself to all that I know of you. Lord, if anyone just prayed that prayer, I just want to invite your spirit to come and fill them. Thank you, God, for calling them home to you. And thank you, Lord, for your, the fact that you're able to use crises like this to transform the world and to bring renewal and revival. Start with us, God. Bring revival, spiritual revival to us, and then use us, God, to touch the lives of others around us during the season of unprecedented disruption. You are our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. We will not be afraid, Lord. We will know that you are our fortress. We will be still and know that you are God. Amen.